So what if you could live in a relationship with God that was totally free? Free of guilt, free of shame, free of fear, free of worry that you failed or you've sinned too many times. Free of anxiety that you're a phony and that God is just waiting to find you out. Free of pressure to act more good and more religious than you know you actually are. Can you imagine being free of these things? What if you could live with a deep sense of peace with God? Even when storms come, confident that you are God's beloved child, never ever doubting that he is for you, that he is with you, that he is watching over you, and that he delights in you. What if I told you this is the life that Jesus offers? He was talking with his fellow Jews In the 8th chapter of the Gospel of John, and in the midst of this conversation, he said, So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And many years later, the Apostle Paul echoes the voice of his master in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, as he writes to a young church struggling to understand the power of grace. And he says to them, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or whether you're here this morning still trying to decide whether or not you want to follow Jesus, this is the invitation he makes to human beings, an invitation to be free. But here's the problem. We get really confused about what freedom is, and we often forget that Jesus set us free. I read the other morning about a man wrongly imprisoned and placed on death row for years for a murder he didn't commit. And a lawyer, the lawyer who got him freed actually wrote a book about this. He got him freed eventually, but here's the stunning thing. This man went on to develop dementia and was placed in a nursing home. And in his final years of his life, even though he was a free man, because of his dementia, he believed his nursing home was actually prison was actually death row. So he was free, but he lived as if he was still in prison. And I believe too many of us followers of Jesus are living that way today. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, and we are living as if we're still in prison, afraid, guilty, shameful, hiding, Worried about how we are with God. Making up rules and anxiously keeping them, hoping that will help us be better with God. Or making up rules and secretly breaking them, hoping nobody notices. Or making up rules and then telling other people that's what Christianity is all about. All of those things are equally dangerous because they are perversions of the gospel. 
a very prominent, powerful, biblical pastor named Andy Stanley said this. He said, if your version of Christianity is not making you feel more free, you are doing it wrong. If your version of Christianity is not making you feel progressively more and more free, you are doing it wrong. So we're starting this fall with this series called Set Free because we don't want to miss the point. We don't want to be a church that discovers after all these years we were just doing church and we never really led each other into the radically attractive freedom that Christ died to give to us. So I'm going to spend this morning unpacking a little bit about what that freedom looks like because I think we get very confused about that. Kurt is going to be here next week talking a bit about the danger of losing that freedom by trying to add things to it, add our own efforts to it, and in the end, spoiling grace and ruining the gospel. And then Dave will be back in the mix, and he's going to come talk about the deeper purpose of the freedom that Christ gives to us. It is for freedom, my friends, that Christ has set us free. And that begs the question, what do we need to be set free from? And what I want to do is give you the theologically correct answer first, and then I want to try to bring that down into our daily lives so we can understand what it means. We need to be freed from the sin that ruins our lives and that ruins other people's lives and that separates us from God. We need to be freed from the power that sin has over us, The power it has to rupture our relationship with God and with other people and to create in us a sense of guilt and condemnation and shame that is crushing. And for centuries, people have tried to free themselves from sin and guilt and death through obedience to the Mosaic law, not just the Ten Commandments but also all the ceremonial and purity laws that are in the Old Testament, the sacrificial laws also in the Old Testament. But the truth of the scriptures is that we couldn't free ourselves from sin by our own selves. We couldn't free ourselves from sin by following the law. It didn't work. In fact, the law just ended us, ended up condemning us even more. Listen to what the um, book of Acts says, um, Acts chapter 13, I think I have it marked. I don't have it marked in my Bible. I'm just going to read it. Paul was preaching to his fellow Jews, Acts chapter 13, verses 38 and 39. And he said to them this, listen to this so carefully. He said, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes, listen to this, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification, meaning to be declared not, to be declared not guilty. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You couldn't do it. We can't do it. No matter how hard we tried as human beings to keep the rules, we couldn't do it. There was something wrong inside of us that the law couldn't cure. 
And the harder we tried, the farther we fell. It's kind of like me and the game of golf. The harder I try, the worse I play and the worse person I become in the process. And Paul says, we ended up as slaves to sin and death. And we needed something or maybe someone to save us, to free us from this endless cycle of sin and failure and guilt and effort. And as Paul is fleshing out this idea in the book of Romans, he eventually cries out, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Humanity, we We're slaves to sin and it's outcome death and someone or something outside of us needed to come and set us free. And even if we don't really relate to these theological concepts or words, I bet you still feel what they represent. There is something inside of us that just acknowledges this reality. It exists in our very DNA. It's a kind of an ache Inside, a sense that something isn't right. And it oozes out into our relationships, more of them broken than we wish they were. Some of us have a sense that life is meaningless. Or we have this desire in our spirits for something more. We sometimes say at the end of a day, is that all there is to life? Or maybe you, like me, are stunned by the darkness Inside of you, I can sit in my home and pray and read and seek God's face. And then two minutes into my drive to church, I'm shaking my fist at an old lady with a handicap sticker on her car because she won't move into the roundabout fast enough. I'm like, go. (laughs) Really? Or my neighbor's dogs bark and bark and bark. And then they bark some more. And rather than responding in kindness and mercy, all I can do is dream of ways to put cyanide or X-lax in a piece of ground beef and just lob it over the fence. If you read about that in the paper, just turn me in. Darkness, you know. Or it shows up in this kind of chronic, free-floating guilt about everything and anything. Parenting. Oh my gosh. As I raised our three kids, I cannot tell you the amount of time, years probably if you add it up, that I wasted feeling guilty that I wasn't a good enough mom. I wasn't doing every single thing right. Guilt about your marriage. Guilt about your work and how you're not living up to your potential. Guilt about the thoughts that come into your head. Christ came to free us from all these things, whether we label them sin or not. He came to open up to human beings like you and like me, a whole new way of life with God that is not about our own attempts at pleasing God or appeasing God or clawing our own frantic way to him. And this whole new way to God is unbelievable. It always has been unbelievable to the human mind. I'm actually going to find this verse. Romans chapter 3. It's going to take me a second, but I'm going to find it. Listen to what Paul writes. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. But now, meaning since Christ has come, apart from the law, Apart from the law, did you hear that? has nothing to do with rules. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. And this righteousness is given 
Hold on to that word. It is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Pure gift. In the old covenant, the covenant of the law, God said to his people, you obey the rules, you obey the law, I will be your God and we'll be good. But we couldn't do our part. So Jesus came and Jesus said, my father sent me to fulfill the old covenant because I was the only one who could. And through me, through my life, death and resurrection, there is now a new covenant. Here's the new covenant. I'll do it all and you'll be good with my father. Now come, follow me. I did it all for you. And you are now, through my gift to you, good forever with my Father. That is why this is called the good news. And it's all over the New Testament. Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but you are under grace. Romans 8 verse 2, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And Romans chapter 5 verses 1 and 2, therefore, since we have been justified, meaning we've been declared not guilty once and for all, and not just not guilty, but we have been given the legal standing with God as if we had never sinned. We have been justified, and so we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did, listen to this, we can now be free from having to spend our one and only life wondering if we are right with God, wondering if we are accepted by him, wondering if we're good enough, if we're faithful enough, Wondering if we're accepted or loved or precious to our creator. Those questions were answered 2,000 years ago on the cross. Answered. And when you and I spend our very precious, fleeting life continuing to ask those questions, it is an affront to the free gift of freedom that Jesus died to give us. This is the only question we have to answer with God. Will you accept the terms of my new covenant made in the blood of Jesus, the new relational promise? Here it is. I do it all and I transfer all my goodness, all my rightness to you free and you are good with God. Will you accept the terms of this new covenant? God asks us. We would be fools not to accept this covenant. This is the freest covenant I have ever heard. I'll do it all, Jesus said, and you're good with my father. Now, will you come follow me? Holy smokes. And we protest. That's too free, Jesus. I still sin. I still fail. I still carry so much guilt. And Jesus, I deserve the guilt. Look at me. And Jesus says, I know You deserve the guilt. That's why I took it from you. I know you can't fulfill the old covenant, the Old Testament law. That is why I fulfilled it. I did what you could never do for you in your place because I love you. 
And you spending your days dwelling on your sin does no one, not one person, any good. I have taken care of it once and for all. So when you fail and you fall, don't drown in self-condemnation and hiding from me. When you fail and you fall, come running to me. And I will forgive you afresh. And I will dust you off. And I will whisper love in your ear. And I will set you back on your path again. There is no limit to my grace. And holy smokes, it sounds too easy, doesn't it? It sounds too good to be true. Christ simply handing us his righteousness. Simply giving it to us. His goodness, his rightness with the Father, just like that. And we did nothing to earn it. And now we are free from the regulations and the burden and the guilt and the agony of trying and failing, always trying and always failing to live up to God's standards. We are free from the condemning voices in our own heads. We are free from the guilt of all of our failures, from the fear that God will look at us and turn his face away. God's son, Jesus, came to bring an entirely new way of accessing the father that had nothing to do with rules and laws and sacrifices because Jesus obeyed all the rules. Jesus fulfilled all the laws and Jesus gave his own body as the final sacrifice. And we now have a way to God through Jesus that is a way of freedom and not a way of rules and fear and law and effort. So can I just ask you this morning, are you free? Are you experiencing this kind of freedom that Christ died to give to you? And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning and you're here listening in, trying to understand the Christian faith, can I just ask you, are you interested in this kind of freedom? Now, let me be really clear, because many of us think freedom means I'm going to do whatever I want, a do whatever I want kind of freedom, no matter how bad it is for me, no matter how much it hurts other people, I'm going to just do it. Freedom. I'm going to drink till I'm drunk every night. I'm going to sleep around with no guilt. I hope nobody just takes a little clip of this and posts it somewhere. (laughs) I can look at whatever I want on the Internet. And let me just ask you for a minute, really? Let's take those thoughts to their logical conclusion. Are those really decisions of freedom? I think back to my college days. One young man got so drunk, one night he laid down in the middle of a busy street and was just killed run over by a car. One young woman in my dorm, freshman year, slept with so many guys in one fraternity that she left before her first semester was over her life in shambles. Jared, the spokesperson for Subway, how free is he right now after looking at whatever he wanted to on the Internet? You see, this kind of a junk that we think is freedom isn't actually freedom. It masquerades as freedom. It starts off sounding and feeling like freedom until you're so far in that it owns you. 
And then before you can get out, you think to yourself, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is slavery, actually. This is death. The problem with trying to find freedom in all the wrong things is that those things will eventually enslave us or ruin us. And that is just reality. The do whatever you want, regardless of who it hurts kind of freedom is not freedom. And you don't even have to believe the Bible to know this is true. Just look around you. Too many of us followers of Christ fear freedom. Because we fear it will lead us down the slippery slope to a life of blatant hedonism, selfishness, and sin. And so we try to stay real close to the law because we think that's our friend. But let me just say to that, no. I mean, of course, freedom brings with it that potential or it wouldn't be freedom. But true Christian freedom actually leads us in the other direction. True Christian freedom leads us in the direction of wanting to live Jesus' way. Because the same Jesus that we trust to free us from sin and death and guilt tells us that in his teachings, we can actually find true freedom in this life. John chapter 8, again, that same place where Jesus was talking with the Jews who believed him. And he was talking to them about being slaves and being Abraham's sons and daughters. And then he said this, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. You are my followers. And then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, basically, Jesus is saying, then you will know the truth, and that truth, the truth that's found in my way of life, is actually freedom. Let me explain it this way. Let's say I say to myself, I'm free. I'm going to go spend more money than I actually have. Freedom, baby. Going to the mall. And before I know it, almost all my income is going to pay off my credit card debt. I'm not free. I'm enslaved to my credit card company. Let's say instead I follow Jesus' teaching. I live within my means. I decide to be generous. And I refuse to join the rat race. And over time I realize slowly but surely that this is actually the way to financial freedom. Stunning but true. And I don't do this because I have to do it. I do it because I want to. Because I trust the same Jesus who died for me on the cross to teach me how to live. Or let's say my brother is rude to me. My family's in town right now, but no, he wasn't rude to me. But let's say he was. These earrings are driving me crazy. And so, and he hurts me, right? And so I decide I'm free. I'm never speaking to him again. Anybody done this? Every holiday with family is now ruined. And the hatred and resentment spreads as we both dig our heels into the soil of bitterness. And so let me ask you, if I make that decision, am I free? My bitterness owns me. Well, what if instead I read Jesus' teachings on forgiveness and I decide in freedom to forgive my brother 70 times 7 and we talk to one another face to face about how we hurt each other and we make amends and every holiday, every family gathering grows richer and sweeter with the years. Bitterness does not own me. Forgiveness freed me. 
Or let's say we decide, I, I know nothing of this kind of situation. Let's say we decide in our freedom to live with ourselves at the center. I just made this one up. I have no idea what this would be like. And let's say I decide my desires, my needs, my comfort, my goals, bullseye, center. That's what I'm living for. Let me ask you a question. Am I free? Or do I eventually discover that my self-centeredness is its own kind of prison? And that it makes me miserable? Because the harder I work to be the center of it all, the less happy I find myself. Do you know why? Because no one follows my script. They all seem to want to be in the center of everything too. Didn't they get the memo? I'm the one. I cannot tell you how many family holidays I have ruined because this is the way I was acting without even knowing it. But then I remember that Jesus said, whoever gives his or her life away for my sake will find their life. They will find true life. And so slowly but surely, I start to live this out in my marriage, man or woman. I decide to put the other person first in my community or church. I don't come here looking for everybody to serve me. I come here thinking, how can I serve? In all my relationships, I'm always thinking to myself, how can I extend myself for you? And lo and behold, as I forget myself, I find this strange sense of freedom washing over me, a sense of a deeper stream of life and this energy of goodness flowing into me and through me and out of me. It's called freedom. It's true freedom. And that is why our mission statement here at Orchard is totally other-centered, right? Helping next generation, somebody other than ourselves, encounter and follow Jesus. Why? Not just for ourselves, but for others to bless a broken world. This is the way of freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Where are you not living in that freedom that Jesus died to give you? And what might you need to let go of in order to start living in it? Guilt? Can you imagine being done with that? Basing your life with God on rules? Fear, constant fear of condemnation. Self-hatred? Will you trust Jesus enough to let go of those things? And will you just soak in this truth this week? Will you just rest in it? That if you have joined your life with Christ, you have peace with God. You are no longer a slave to sin or death. You are no longer a slave to trying to obey all the laws and to constantly make yourself good enough for God. You're free. And will you just let these words that we're about to sing from that amazing song we sang at the gathering last week, will you let these words ring in your ears all week? You are no longer a slave to fear. But you are a child, a deeply loved child, a free child of the living God. And that is the truth. And it is this truth that will set you free.
Let's pray. God, we're so scared of your freedom. Because it means we have to trust only you and not ourselves. And despite all of our failed efforts at living up to your standards, we still somehow think we have something to add to the mix, and it's just crazy. But we're so scared to just trust you, God, and to trust that what Jesus did was enough, and to trust the ridiculous freedom of your new covenant. But just thank you. Can we just thank you instead of being so fearful of it? Thank you that you did it all, you handed it to us, and we are now right with God forever. I've been set free. I'm no longer a slave to fear. But I am a child of God. May this be true for us every single day of our life. Amen.